Uh, I want my money back, too. I don't even... Listen. <laughs> I... Listen. False advertising. Listen. There, <laughs> yeah, certainly. Certainly. If you watched the trailer, there was some misleading... Not even the trailer. Not even the trailer. All the hype about it's going to do all these things and be the next Avengers thing and like set set the phases all in the right direction. But not even that from like a narrative standpoint. The trailers were very misleading. But okay, listen. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about some things today that are... I'm at least okay. I can't. I can't speak for you. I'm going to talk about some things today that are a positive thing that were fun and and I was okay with. We're going to talk about some things today that are not so hot and are going to lead to like some ultimately bigger issues within the cinematic universe altogether and and. Uh, hello and also, welcome to the Movie I Man totally podcast. I totally called it. <laughs> hello and welcome to the Movie Man podcast. <laughs> the BT. <laughs> that's that's Modoc. And this over here is Lord Kyler. Kyler? I know. I don't who know. Cares. <laughs> who cares? Who uh, cares? <laughs> listen, we're going to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania in full spoiler goodness so if yep. you have not seen ant-man and the wasp quantumania and you are a decent human being who cares about spoilers then maybe just put a pin in this one put a pin in this one and wait uh if you have seen ant-man and the wasp quantumania then welcome we're glad you're here i'm gonna have a fun little conversation uh, and if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and you're some kind of animal who does not care about spoilers. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but I, yeah, no, he wouldn't care about spoilers about this, I don't think. Then uh, also welcome. <laughs> uh, okay, listen, um, let's just let, let's jump in. We're going to do some some initial impressions. So All right. my my initial impression if you're new to the show, the way this works is we start by doing 30 to 60 seconds of just like, what what is my opening argument? We just kind of like get it all out and say, like, look, this is my position on the film. And then we spend the rest of the episode kind of unpacking and, and supporting that stance. So um, my opening opinions, my initial impressions it's the worst of the three Ant-Man movies. <laughs> yes. Um, it's the worst of the three Ant-Man movies. It's got some great moments. It's got some things in it that I am predicting you're going to be upset about that I wasn't upset, that I'm like not upset about, but they still did it poorly. Um, and we can kind of get into that because I, I realize that that sounds confusing. Um but I think not only is it not a great Ant-Man movie, but I think this movie serves to highlight a really bigger issue in the MCU overall right now. 
Um, and also fundamentally my argument moving forward for the rest of this podcast, and I will support it, is that there were zero stakes in this film, zero stakes, and that there are currently zero stakes in the MCU, and that this film was irrelevant. Nothing that happened in this film made any difference, made any changes in the MCU, and have zero impact even within its own, like, self-contained story and and that's that's frustrating as all get out what are your initial you know we didn't we have not discussed this at all yet that was the first you've heard what i think about ant-man and the wasp now i'm about to hear what you think for the first time hit me okay so yeah, you've seen this more recently than I. So my my memory by, by might about be a week. little f- fuzzier. It's been yeah. about two weeks since I seen this. I seen it okay. like week of release. Um, and now we're what two or three weeks since. Anyway, uh, I feel like hmm, how, how this this film was fun. It is fun. But you could have cut 30 minutes of it and it would have been you would have you would have had the same film and it would have been better. Um there yeah, and there was a lot yeah, I de- and I definitely agree with that sentiment that like we're well, I don't fully agree that there's no stakes in the MCU as a whole. Uh, but it, this film definitely like didn't accomplish, like they're, everybody's pretty much in the same spot they were when they started with the exception of Kang. <laughs> He's now in a harder, tougher spot. No, no. Kang the Conqueror. No, and, and, and I will, I will argue that Kang, Kang is in the exact same spot and I will argue that, but, um, no, and we'll get into it, but yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's my impression. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's yeah. It's definitely not the other two are definitely better. Um, it, this one is definitely the weaker of the three. But it's yeah. You could have cut so much of this film, and it and it would have made it genuinely better. Right. In my opinion. Okay. So let's start that's my, by that's my synopsis. Let's start by getting into the thing that I think that a lot of people and potentially you have an issue with and it didn't bother me like i i have an issue with this aspect of the film but not for the reason not for all of the reasons that i think everybody else is going to have issues with this film modok yeah okay so hang on so bear with me okay (laughs) modok Modoc was was placed in this film to be sort of the comic relief, right? Like that that is that is the role that Modoc plays from a structural story standpoint. He's really ultimately kind of kind of yeah, a lighthearted. He's, he's comic one of relief. the comic reliefs. Yeah, yeah. Between like him and uh, the Jelly character Veb yeah. and a yeah. few others. Yeah, and he he helps bring comic com- comedy to it. And I don't have an issue with that. Because Modoc 
honestly, Modok is such a obscure, ridiculous character to begin with that in order to do him and have him like even remotely similar to how he appears in the comics you can't, like it's it would just be a very difficult character to do in a very serious way and make him the main villain and make him you know what it, like he's a giant floating yeah. freaking well, head and with I, a tiny body I talked about this weeks ago Yeah yeah like, so I, like I would, bringing I him in is okay. a, is a huge risk Yeah so I was completely okay with him being the comic relief I thought that made total sense your comic relief, though, if you're going to have a comic relief, your comic relief needs to be consistently funny. And I thought a lot of some of his jokes, some of the stuff that that was happening made me laugh in the moment, but still ultimately just like I just felt wrong about his his comedy. Like it just didn't, you know, like the whole the whole like, look at me. I'm such a dick. Like that in the moment I had like a, a physical, like a visceral laugh. Giggle. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like chuckle. it made me laugh. I was like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but ultimately it was just like at the end of the day when you're j- the jokes of your film are like, I'm not a dick. Like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't MCU tier comedy. It wasn't mm-hmm. the, the laughter that, you know, we, you know. Um, so there's that. There's the fact that I'm fairly certain that with a couple of hours and a copy of Adobe After Effects, I could do a better version of... He just, he was done so poorly. The the CGI effect, they they... He looked awful. He like anytime his helmet wasn't on, he really truly looked awful. Like it even just, with the helmet, the helmet just looked weird. Well, but Modoc. but at least it still like mm-hmm. when the helmet was on, it looked tangible. Like it kind of looked real, and you were like, okay, this isn't visually jarring. Whereas when he didn't have the helmet on. I was like, this seems like a simple effect. You have a bald guy who, so you don't have to worry about hair or dealing with his hair. You just kind of have to like record him and then blow the face up and then do a couple of like minor adjustments here and there. But it was almost like they tried to CGI more of the face than what I felt like they needed to CGI. And it just, it had that kind of like, it kind of had that Luke Skywalker at the end of Mando season two vibe. And it was just like, I felt the lack of hair made it look weirder. Every iteration of MODOK up until this movie has hair. Well, okay. But regardless, like it just, it, but not having hair should have made it a really easy effect for them. Made it easier to CGI to to, to do. Yeah. Yeah. But so ultimately, those are the really big issues that I have with Modoc. The issue that I think a lot of people are going to have that I don't mind at all is that they made Modoc Darren Cross. That didn't bother me. I was like, actually, you know what? That that works for me because I don't mind 
when you go, especially with a character like Modok, who, you know, it, yeah, instead of being Tarleton, who is not, it's, you know, it's not like they've changed the identity of Green Goblin. It's not like they've changed the identity of, of you know, the Red Skull or like one of these, these <sighs> integral villains from the comics. So you've changed the identity of him. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. And I do well, appreciate when they go in. They did the same thing with Red Skull, right? We see Red Skull disappear. He gets sucked into some kind of wormhole because of the Tesseract. And then we kind of never have an explanation for that until we go, oh, you know what? His ass ended up being the Keeper of the Soul Stone. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I like I like you going in. And, and tying up these little loose ends and right. giving me explanations for things. And so, yeah, at the beginning of the first Ant-Man and the Wasp, we see him get sucked down. He goes subatomic. He gets sucked down into the quantum realm. And it kind of does, like, the way the shrinking happens within the suit. Like, the suit kind of shrinks, but his body doesn't want to. Yeah, and so yeah. It, it does look like there's some, like, physical distorting that's happening in the process. So I, I, I was like, you know what? That, yeah, you've, you've, you've taken something that otherwise, if I'd really thought about it, is kind of a loose end, is kind of this, this story hole that's sitting there and and you found a way to bring them back and and tie it all together and and make it make sense to me and so that i appreciate entirely i'm like okay yeah what well, totally can i here i got i got modok's wiki up real quick and it's, yeah, go it's for just it. like two sentences because what is so it george unfamiliar george Tarleton? With the, yeah so for those unfamiliar with the comic uh modok machine mechan men, mental uh no Mobile, they got a bunch of M's here. Mental, mobile, mechanized. They got three M options <laughs> in, uh, in the wiki. But it's usually it's mechanized organism designed only for killing. Anyway, uh, it uh, here. Um, <clears throat> Modoc is George Tar Tarleton, a former employee of Advanced Idea Mechanics, otherwise known as AIM in the comics. Uh, an arms dealing organization specializing in futuristic weapons. Uh, he undergoes substantial mutagenic medical experimentation originally designed to increase his intelligence while successful. The experiments result in him developing a freakishly oversized head and stunted body causing his signature look. So yeah, not, not the comic book Modoc. But still has no. the look and still and you know what I I I don't I don't have a problem with the way they've presented Modoc's storyline here either. I mean, having aim in there would have been good, but that would have probably worked better when like Iron Man was still around, so that Iron he and him yeah. being more of an Iron Man enemy. With Iron Man gone, this works pretty well, I think. Well, and they are in Iron Man 3, I think. <clears throat> like, we already, we kind of already dealt with AIM. Oh, yeah, that's right. Iron Man 3 did have AIM. So Right, so it's kind yeah. of, and, and, and AIM is, is one of those things that you're either going to put a lot of your eggs in the AIM basket, and you're going to make AIM a significant part of your <laughs> MCU storyline, or you're going to give it a, a, a nod 
so that the fans are happy, and then you're going to move yeah. on to to what your plans well, are, and that's aim, ultimately what they did, and that's fine. Aim in the comic books is kind of similar to hide how Hydra is in the comics and in the MCU. It's just this like constant beast that's constantly kind of lurking in the back, or not beast, but uh, um, organization, organization working yeah. in the background and and uh, causing. Um, problems that the heroes have to solve and fix kind of like what i think that you know the mcu's already got 10 rings hydra for now we've got the 10 rings on screen an on-screen uh organization that can be an antagonist to all to many films i mean there's no reason to have more than one so no yeah no and like i said we're kind of transitioning out of hydra and into 10 rings and and stuff yeah. like that, and it, it works. It's fine. So th- those were my issues with Modok. I, it was fun to see him there. I would like, you know, I was like, okay, if you're gonna plug him in, it makes sense to me that you, you know, you want and done him, you kill him off, you, you, you just have him in there as a fun little throwaway. It makes sense to make him the comic relief because I don't know how you, I don't, in an MCU, I don't know how you approach and do Modok in a super serious well, fashion. <laughs> And yeah, and well, yeah, it's, so it was. It was fine. It was fine. So, f- yeah, for me, Modoc was like the thirty minutes that could be cut, and it would be the same movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like you cut all of Modoc's storylines, and you just have like replacement, just general guards putting them in jail and letting them go, or whatever, and or just Kang himself doing it. And this movie is better. Yeah, by all rights, in my opinion, you don't need Modok's comic relief. Right. Um, on top of that, we've already talked a little bit about he looks bad. He does. He looks really bad. Yeah. the The only reason I think, like, watching this film, he comes in masked down. I was like, oh, okay, so he's full machine. That's that's kind of the mask came up, and I was like. That's horrible. It had looks so weird. Like so bad. So weird. It doesn't look right at all. No. And like I said weeks ago that if Modoc's in this film, he they either got to like they either have to nail it or it's just going to be horrible. And it like they absolutely did not nail it. No. They far from nailed it. Um and all, I feel like that's why they made him comic relief. Because they couldn't, they didn't nail it, or they couldn't nail it for whatever reason. That it's like, well, he looks ridiculous, so we might as well not give him a serious role. Well, I mean, that would have all been written. That's prior to that. You know, yeah. Well, to to me, that that's that's a ridiculous notion. Like, Modok has the potential to be an amazing character and an an amazing antagonist moving forward potentially. But let's just make him a side character joke because he's got a big head, yeah. a small body. Yeah, man, like Modok is can be menacing and should be menacing, mm-hmm. and he's he's not. Yeah, and it's sad, and it made me <laughs> feel bad. I was like, for the character, and and like, yeah, like, man, yeah, like, oh, so. I think one of the big issues that this film suffers from is 
its setting. So uh, let me take you back in time here a little bit. Do you remember the good days of the MCU? <laughs> do you remember, do you remember <laughs> yes. when, when it was so a, a fight for New York City or a fight for Sokovia, which w- was a fictional place, but would still was like grounded in the world that we knew, right? Like part of what made the MCU so special and so successful, in my opinion, was that if you look at the first two phases, first three really phases of the MCU, even the stuff that like, even the stuff that was happening in sort of the cosmos, even the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, had sort of an, a, a tangibility about it. And it felt like, you know, it's it, even, and then if you take the Guardian stuff out of it, it it all felt like this could be happening outside your window. Like that th- these fights, this Captain America and Iron Man and whatever, that th- this is happening in our world. <clears throat> this is happening in a world that we recognize. The stakes are stakes that we can, that we can, pardon the pun, quantify. That we can, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's stuff that is tangible. And it made it real. And it made it special. And it made it something that we, we could really connect with. Uh, I could agree with all that with the exception of the guardians of the galaxy and Thor Ragnarok, because those are all taking place on very alien worlds that don't look earthly at all. No, but even guardians of the galaxy, like when you got to a place like nowhere, it had this like earthly street market kind of vibe to it still though. Like it still, you could buy, Uh, you could buy that this Guardians of the Galaxy stuff was happening in our cosmos. That it was to to a degree, yeah. That, that you know, yeah. nothing about the aliens were too crazy or out there. Like it was just like it, it. It was like it was opening a world to us and showing us this world. Where I don't know, talk talking trees. <laughs> well, whatever. But we <laughs> we've now entered this this realm so to speak the quantum realm where specifically in this one and there's been other films that have have sort of struggled from this in this last phase of the mcu but this film i kept having this feeling and when the movie ended i like turned to brianne and i said like this didn't feel like an mcu film this felt like and she agreed entirely she was it was like she was trying to place her finger on it the whole time this felt like it lives somewhere in the world between spy kids five mm. and shark boy and lava girl two. like it had that silly the the bad kind of well like something like modok bad animation bad animation but bad an- but specifically like bad animation the <laughs> thing about the spy kids movies and and the shark boy lava girl or it also kind of had that like journey to the center of the earth like the brendan fraser journey to the center of the earth kind of thing where it was like just this adventure that happens in a world where 
because of because of the setting that we've created for it, we're not bound by any rules, and maybe we should have been because we're able to just like it. It's that we're just living in this like tie dye shirt kaleidoscopy goobly gook of a world where there's no structure. There's mm. no. It's just like this massive vomiting CGI fest. Interesting. And and you don't have to, you know, like, okay, one character is this, like, blob who's upset that he doesn't have holes, and this other <laughs> character is a walking, talking stock of broccoli. And you're like, what yeah. in the... Like, the broccoli right. thing totally lost me. went a little me. crazy with the characters. I was like, what yeah. the hell is... What do you mean there's micro broccoli? Like, how... Uh, why does that even make any sense? And it didn't, and what, it it yeah. was just so, so it it didn't like the first two Ant Man movies. the The great thing about the first two Ant Man movies is they were always sort of detached from the big crisis, from this like big earth shattering, life changing. Like the first one's a heist film. Well, they're both heist films, really, uh, more or less. Yeah, and the second one, but the second Which, one, like the joy of it is 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 you know. Uh, Hello Kitty Pez dispensers that are being blown up in the streets of of yeah. of San Francisco to be massive sized, and it just <laughs> lost all that when it was you know the best parts of this film are the parts that happen not in the quantum realm, right? Because they've got that 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 heart. They've got that. So the, the first five minutes and the last two minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it just everything in between was this like CGI fest where they were held by no, they were held by no bounds. Mm. Where there was no, there was no roadmap <sighs> for the quantum realm, and so they could literally get in there and animate and create and design absolutely anything they wanted to, and there was nothing. Mm. Nothing was was. Nothing was was physics breaking for them. Nothing was like, well, we can't do that because of the the rules of the quantum realm that we've laid out. No, they're like, well, do whatever. Sure. Oh yeah, you have an idea for this happens, and then that happens, and then all of a sudden this pops out of the ground. Sure. I mm. I I don't know. Maybe it's the quantum realm. We've never done that, so anything goes. Uh, and it just wrecked. I don't. It. Yeah, I don't think I had as deep an issue with this as you did because I actually enjoyed the setting. Like the, them, uh, as they kind of traversed the quantum realm, the different sceneries and backgrounds and, and things like that, like the houses that moved and had cannons and kind of were alive, that all like was very cool and f kind of fascinating and sci-fi almost to me. I thought this is, this is cool. Um, but I can definitely like the way you're you 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 lay out your argument with like especially with like the broccoli thing the, the broccoli thing and like modok yeah those yeah that that kind of like breaks i think is a break point that's like the gone the gone too far a jelly blob the jelly blob of uh, i think is veb veb i liked veb i thought that was a cool character that was funny the um um, Zolum, the guy, the, 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 the head cannon light dude, laser head dude, like 
Those like Th- was that the mind is, reading? This is guy? the quantum realm. Things should be flipped on their head and and weird. Was that the mind reading right? guy? This is a complete pardon. Was that the the is was that the mind reading guy? The guy that could read thoughts? No, Quaz was the mind. Okay, reading guy. I have a big issue with the mind reading guy. But we'll get into that. Because he looks too human. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with that. I was okay with the. Yeah. I was okay with right. human esque because I was like, oh, that's interesting. But um, yeah, I, I liked the kind of kind of like like this is this is an alien world. This is this is a different universe. Things work differently. Things are different, right? It's a place that lives kind of between time, in, in some weird way. So I was I was I was kind of happy with the the alienness of it but yeah like hearing your argument i can definitely agree they went too far in places but not overall right okay um so now well let's talk about quaz because i because it just came up okay quaz is played by an actor named william jackson harper and william jackson yep. harper has has kind of has his own claim to fame. I mean, he was in uh, uh, 50 episodes of a fairly successful show called The Good Place. Um, he was in uh, the... Oh, is that him? That's him. No way. That's him. So <laughs> I didn't even recognize exactly. him Exactly. So here's that. the thing. So William Jackson Harper is not a nobody. They brought in a good, like, a, a, a good actor. They brought in a talented actor into the MCU, created this character, plugged him in as the person playing the character, and I'll tell you right now, Quaz serves one purpose, one narrative purpose in this entire film. I I know exactly what you're going to say. They're telling the truth. That's it. Yeah. That is the only reason Quaz is there. (laughs) That one line is the, so that, so that you can explain why this group of people are going to buy the story and go along with it so that you can get past that and keep telling your story. That is the only reason why William Jackson Harper is in this movie. And that is stupid. Yeah. So that they trust Paul Rudd's character yeah, and, and Cassie and Cassie in Scotland. And that's stupid. Yeah. That is absolutely stupid. <clears throat> that could have been anybody. That could have been an anybody yeah, character. I, could have I been can agree with that sentiment. So dumb. <laughs> that could have been done so dumb. many ways. Um, zero stakes yeah. in this film. Absolutely zero stakes. Because here's the thing. This film. There were stakes, but they, they, they amounted to nothing. But, but uh, absolutely amounted to nothing. Because, well, which at the end of the day, if they end up amounting to nothing, that means in retrospect, there were zero stakes. Because here, right. here but like, here's the thing. So from, Kang the at Conqueror. At the beginning of the, from, as you're going through the film, there are stakes. Like if Kang gets free, everybody's dead. Right. There, there are stakes. But, but, but yeah. But so Kang the Conqueror, right? And, and this has caused all kinds of issues with the Loki, this is, instead of clearing up and making Loki make more sense, this has made Loki make less sense. But ugh, ugh, get into that. <laughs> Kang the Conqueror, right? The next Avengers film we've okay. got coming is the Kang Dynasty. 
Kang, Kang, it's Kang, it's Kang the Conqueror. We've waited for Kang the Conqueror all this time, and and Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania is going to be the introduction of the new. He's the new Thanos. He's the bigger, badder Thanos. He's gonna be the next threat that we're all worried about and 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 terrified of, and and blah blah blah. So many issues with this. Not with that premise. Not with the idea of doing that. Okay, sure. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. I don't see a version. Uh, I know everyone's screaming at the top of their lungs. Oh, Galactus, we Galactus is the next big. He's got to. We got to go with. I don't know that you can do Galactus in the MCU. I really don't. I don't know that you can do him as your big antagonistic presence. Because what do you? How, how do you? How do you do that? How do you fight that? Right? You've got. Well, you've mean, got what? How, how do you do immortals? Well, but no, but I like mean, the immortals, immortals inter. Well, I mean, they were introduced pr- prior to, but the uh, celestials, they inter- they they solidified the celestials as as a a present threat in the MCU. Yeah, but I think they're going and, to. I think there's a reason we haven't and, heard about them since because it's just, well, Galact- Galactus is essentially like as big as I mean. In in lore, he's almost as big as uh, a celestial. Well, I, th- I think cases. that's. I think they're. I think if they do introduce Comics. Galactus, I think that's the route they're going to. I think that's why they've set up Celestials. Is I think yeah. he's going to have some connection to or or be some yeah. form of a. But but like if with Celestials being present, it's not hard to. I mean. <laughs> Celestials bigger than Earth. Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to introduce a world-eating person now. Yeah, but what, <laughs> what do you do, right? Like, how do you world yeah. the world's mightiest heroes are all standing on Galactus's fingertip, punching his nail bed? Like, what you can't? No, you need to introduce the Fantastic Four, and then Reed Richards creates the Ultimate Nullifier. Yeah, but then that's anyways. It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter. So, um, so Kang the Conqueror. And I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet, you know, like fan theories and this, that, and the other thing. You introduce King the Conqueror in this film. He's supposed to be this big, crazy bad guy, you know, whatever. Biggest, scariest bad guy of all time. Who not only in the end of this film is defeated by ants. Biggest, biggest bad guy there is, ladies and gentlemen. Biggest bad guy there is taken out by some ants. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Some very smart <laughs> Okay. Make no mistake. What they did at the end of this film was kill Kang the Conqueror. And a lot of people are going like, no, well, maybe he's not. Listen, if if not for that post-credit scene, I th- I would I'd be sitting right there with you. Right? Hmm. But the other Kangs. In their little Kang, I guess the Council of Kangs, they're calling the Kang Dynasty. That's the name that they're giving them. Yeah. The Kang Dynasty says Kang the Conqueror is dead. And I think that Kang the Conqueror could maybe, maybe Scott Lang would be sitting there going, ah, did I get, is he dead? I don't know if he's dead. Is he dead? Is he, I don't think you, I don't think that's a wall that's pulled over the eyes of the other Kangs. I think the fact that that these high council Kangs are going right. Kang the Conqueror is dead, that's that is as definitive as it gets. If, that if Kang any, is yeah, dead. If anybody knows, they know. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I think the argument for him being alive is he's just stuck in that place yeah. that he just got Scott smaller. was stuck in when he was trying to get the the uh 
whatever, whatever Kang's MacGuffin. Yeah. And so, I, okay. So, so you've introduced Kang the Conqueror and then you killed him. So Kang the Conqueror is obviously not our, our, the Kang that we're worried about moving forward. And the reason why this film had zero stakes is because we didn't stop Kang. Gang mm. Dynasty is is still coming, whether or not any of the events of this film happened. Whether or not this happened at all, whether or not Scott Lang and and Hank Pym and um, Janet Van Dyne and all of them hope whether or not they get sucked down into the quantum realm and defeat this Kang or not. Kang Dynasty is still coming. It did not affect that whatsoever. It had nothing to do. It, it, whether this movie had happened or not affects the roadmap moving forward zero because they're still there. The Kang Dynasty is still there. And it was right, there they regardless. Were, they were always there. And they were always there. And they were always going right. to be there. So the offense of this film <laughs> See, meant nothing. So, hmm. so I think, yeah. So in my mind, the film meant nothing because Kang was still alive, trapped trapped in that world that Scott was trapped in trying to get the MacGuffin. No, Kang's dead, man. Yeah. So <clears throat> your premise, like, I think the dynasty is more like the the Council of Kangs is more of a risk now because Kang is dead. But right, they they say as much. Like now, now these Avengers are a threat because they killed. They have the they had the capacity to kill Kang. Well, but if they can kill Kang when we couldn't, that's a problem. But but that but that's just a simple realization. That's not yeah. that that wasn't like oh because Ant Man killed Kang. Like because of the events of this film, now the Avengers are strong enough to kill Kang, and now it's a no. It was just like, oh, okay, I guess they're strong enough to kill Kang. Like nothing right. that would that was they're always perceiving that as some kind of threat to them. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. And also, if this Kang, if this version of Kang, who we've was now taken out by ants, why why are we so? I mean, I guess because there's millions of Kangs. That's what we're, and that just seems. That's not something I'm interested in seeing on screen. That's just going to be one big Kang's, confusing yeah. mess to follow. But well, it's it's already confusing because Lo- Loki season one set up that the Kangs fought each other and didn't work together, right? And now all of a sudden, there's a cute there's thousands of them that like hang out and cheer and at a coliseum. Yeah, and so the the, the big scary guy, Kang. The name Kang, who's supposed to be this big. We've now seen two Kangs die on screen. We saw we saw Kang die at the end of Loki season one. And now- Ant Man at the end of time. Yeah. And now we've seen Kang the Conqueror die at the hand mm-hmm. of some insects. And which I get I get that that's what you had to do. That's the premise of your film. That's the whole ants Let's, ants okay. ants are the thing. <laughs> The, the ants helped kill him. The ants didn't deal the final blow. No, they just but without the ants, armor. they were, but yeah. But without the ants, it wouldn't have happened. Someone please explain to me why. If you have this Council of Kangs who take this Kang the Conqueror, 
right? Who are there? Even the even the Council of Kings are looking at Kang the Conqueror, this one specific king, going, "This is the worst of the worst kings. This is the king that we need to to exile. This is the king that we need to to imprison and and hide away where he can never get out and nobody can ever like it, this guy is is trouble." Like it's it's this is the other kings are worried about this king. Well, a, what does that mean moving forward? That that you know we've already dealt with the guy that the people who were now supposed to fear. We've dealt with the guy that they feared. And b, if this guy is the worst of the worst and he needs to be tucked away in a place where no where the light will never ever find him. Why would you exile him there with the ship and the device that he needs in order to get himself out? Yeah. I I don't know. Extenuating maybe was a yeah. What? The devil <laughs> devil's advocate devil's advocate like kind of the simplest answer is 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 the most plausible. Maybe he they were it was it was a struggle to get him there, and they, it was some kind of trap, and I, they you know they couldn't isolate him from, and, and I don't. know. I think that's the second simplest <laughs> I, answer. I think the simplest answer is horrible writing. <laughs> it was just horrible, <laughs> lazy, lazy yeah. writing. Well, whether whether Janet was trapped there with him or not, he's Kang. He's extremely intelligent. Yeah. He probably could have charged that thing on his own. <laughs> so as a result, as a result of this king's dead, king is dead. King the Conqueror is dead. We took King the Conqueror out. Did we? I don't know. Did we take him out? It doesn't matter. There's a whole council of kings. The council of kings are always going to be there because there's a million other universes. There's a million other kings. So whether or not we killed this king didn't make a difference because those other kings are still there and they're still coming. This film had zero stakes, which then leads me to the MCU basically has zero stakes right now. Gamora, oh God, Gamora is dead. Oh no, it's okay. Hang on, we have a Gamora from three months ago. We'll just pull, we'll just pull that Gamora in. It's no big deal. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's a multiverse. It's a multiverse. There's other there's other other ones out there. We've already talked about. I don't believe that Wanda's dead. You do, but we both agree that if she is. You'll still probably see Scarlet Witch show up at some point in Secret Wars yep. or in something else because there's, there's a million yeah. other ones well, out there. It's, Nothing matters. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I said this not specifically on our show, but I said it to Pete back when, when this sort of phase, this era of the MCU kicked off. This is why I don't like multiverse. This is why I think multiverse in comic books and in film and in television and everything else is lazy writing. It's lazy writing because you don't have to, like, you can write yourself out of absolutely any corner that you find yourself in because you can just go, oh, well, multiverse. A, a yeah. different version of this character. That was a different version. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, Kang the Conqueror is dead, but maybe the Kang, or it's, uh, we see in, in the post-post-credit scene, which is the Loki preview 
Luke season two preview, maybe that's Kang the Conqueror, and he's actually you know, like this is him before. Yeah. So maybe this is just the new Kang the Conqueror. Just a different and he's going to be the new threat. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Right. Nobody. And, nobody stays dead. Nobody stays dead. And and before in the MCU, it was like, <sighs> well, nobody stayed dead, but it was kind of like. You know, they were still tasked with finding a way to explain that. And now it's just laziness. Now it's just, it's just easy. It's like, oh, well, it's, that's, that was the 616 Black Widow. Right? Natasha's death, which was a very emotional, like that scene between her and Clint and the, them both trying to sacrifice themselves to save the other one. And like, it's heart wrenching. Yeah. That was such a loss. It was really good. Well done. But there's a million other Natashas out there. There's a million other <laughs> Natashas out there. So yeah. if we need a Black Widow for whatever reason, it's fine because we can tap into one of these other universes. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Multiverse of Madness showed us that. Multiverse of Madness showed us, hey, we can have Wanda kill Mr. Fantastic. We can have Wanda kill Black Bolt. We can have Wanda kill all these characters. We, we killed two Doctor Stranges. Two Doctor Strange. <laughs> doesn't matter. doesn't mean anything. It does not mean anything, which is why, like, the only stake, the only stake in all of the MCU right now, and it's uh, it's just an annoying, I, granted it's, you know, I guess it's a big stake, but it's just an annoying one, is this whole thing of, like, well, incursions, right? Is that our reality might get wiped off the map. Yeah, all this all this universe hopping has caused a major problem. It has caused a major problem. Yeah. But but yeah. that's it. There's no individual, there's no human level stakes because if somebody dies, if something happens, well, we've already done time travel. We'll just go back and undo yeah. it. We'll just go back and undo it. We'll find someone from another universe. We'll go like you know, yeah, it'll be sad. You know, that's not what the characters, the characters aren't going like, you know, gosh, well, you know, if Scott Lang dies, we'll just replace him with a different Scott Lang. But that's what, that's where the writers are. The writers are like, well, you know, we could, we could kill off, we could have a really emotional moment at the end of this film by killing off Scott. And, yeah. And, st- and that's okay. And someone will be like, oh, wait, well, not like, even we- killing him off, though. Even just, even just trapping him. If he, if he was just stuck there. Yeah. That would have annoyed or, me, though. Or him and Hope were many, stuck there. How many times? If they just has stuck that there. Been- that would have been, that would have been something. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, but no, now we can travel to and from the, that realm. No problem. What <laughs> I wanted for the ending of this film. I had no idea they were going to kill Kang the Conqueror. I assumed, like I think most other people assumed, that Kang the Conqueror, a Kang that we know and love, like, you know, sort of our go-to Kang from the comics, Kang the Conqueror, was going to be our Kang that we're all worried about. Set free. Yeah. I thought he was going to get out. And so I wanted that, and I did want... And again, it would it would have been not as impactful as it should have been because we'll just find another one. I thought, you know what? It's the third Ant-Man movie. The MCU needs it needs a, a big shakeup. It needs something, it needs to to throw a left swing punch here and 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 you know, make sure we're all awake and watching. Kill Scott. 
Like actually have Scott have to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. to save Cassie, to save Hope, to save whoever, right? And and that would have been, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, they're setting up Cassie as, as stature. And I'm like, okay, so there's still, we've still got Pimtech heroes. I I, th- I thought it would have been, you know, mighty powerful, <clears throat> mighty powerful to have, and it would have really cemented. Okay, Kang's not messing around. Kang just killed Ant Man. Ant Man's gone. Mm. A character that we've grown to know and love. What are we gonna do about Kang? Kang just killed one of our Avengers. And that would have we would have come out of this movie going like, oh, holy shit, Kang. <laughs> Instead, we've come out of this film going, okay, so Kang the Conqueror wasn't much of a threat. Who are so there's there's a bunch more Kangs? <laughs> if if the all these Kangs together were scared of this one, Kang, eh, we got this. <laughs> and I'm supposed to compare this scenario to the scenario with Thanos and go, oh shit, we're in trouble. I, I yeah. I'm not there yet. And the Marvel hasn't done anything to get me there. Wasn't this supposed to tie up a bunch of loose ends? It was supposed well, to. Well, that was my theory. I bring, I was going into it well, saying, I think this is going to pull everything into focus. They were saying stuff like that, were they not? No. They were saying that it was, what they were saying, which is also bullshit, was that this was a, this was as important a film. This was, this was on the same level as Civil War. And that the MCU is going to look quite a bit different after this film than it was going in. Right, which it doesn't. It looks the exact same. It looks the exact same. <laughs> the it's exact a big same. Jumbled mess, bunch of loose ends. This is Not literally the first film going. that has zero, zero impact. We didn't yeah. lose anyone. Everyone is in the exact same state that they were in, except for Kang, who we didn't know was there and was hiding away and was not a threat because he couldn't get out unless our people went and were there in order to help him get out. So had had yeah. we never gone to the quantum realm, <laughs> had this movie not happened, Kang the Conqueror still <clears throat> stuck there, stuck there for all eternity, and Kang Dynasty is still coming. This film meant nothing. Nothing. So frustrating. I really, I've been a a defender, man. I have been an advocate. I've been an apologist for the MCU. I really, really, really need Guardians 3 to be good. Yeah. Yeah, this one, yeah. At the end of the day, they made a bunch of big missteps in this and it's too bad because Kang was real. like Kang the Conqueror in this film was scary. Jonathan like, Majors was suit, incredible. Jonathan Majors that, yeah, steals every moment he's in. Awesome. Like the way he, he took out Zolom, that was like, oh crap. This guy has got it like is unstoppable unless you've got a thousand oversized ants that are really smart. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I did yeah, enjoy so Catherine many... Newton as Cassie. I thought that was a good. Yeah. I thought she did a really good job. She's I liked fun. how she, 
she wasn't they didn't kind of uh marry sue her character and just made her really good with the suit she like was still trying to figure things out yep i loved that i like seeing you know like scott lang it took him the whole whole movie just to get decent with the suit and even then he was barely able to beat his uh um what's his name modok almost pre-modok guy (laughs) um uh darren cross yeah darren cross like he that that struggle to to learn your powers is in on screen is important i also i just i love the dynamic between hank and cassie that hank's been you know that hank's given cassie a suit and that scott's just yeah. like totally out of the loop here he's like yeah he's Wait got no a second. idea what's going on you have a suit and she's like yeah i got a suit deal with it <laughs> like it was fun it was fun and a lot of people you know it's i like them pulling in these kind of like you know the majority the average movie going person and even like the average sort of shallow leveled uh, shallow is the wrong word skin deep level comic book fan isn't going to know who stature is right yeah. and so to bring in more hank pym more pym tech heroes that's fun I, i'm 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 all for that oh yeah yeah i'm all for that yeah. uh, bill yeah. murray was a, a huge distraction in this film yeah, I thought I, again. Yeah, same same thing with um, uh, kind of Quaz and Modok. You cut them out; it doesn't yep. change a whole. I whole love Bill. The Murray. only reason the only reason Bill Murray's in here is to rat out our heroes. Yep, I love Bill Murray. Yeah, I was it's very a, excited just, that I found out that Bill Murray was going to be in the MCU. I don't think Bill Murray should have been in this movie. No. He doesn't like, add apparently anything to he's, it. Apparently, he was really excited to be be in the MCU, that he kind of did something he normally doesn't do, and he, he hunted out a role to play. He, normally, people send him scripts. Yeah. <laughs> but, so like, he was... This was not the role for him. He was in another film or something with the actress that plays Cassie, and... um. Or something. They were doing some kind of. They were. They were. It found themselves chit chatting with each other. They, they know each other somehow. Um, and she was talking about her excitement for this upcoming. You know, she's gonna, she's gonna be in the MCU, and um, and I guess it got Bill Murray's wheels kind of turning, and he was like, you know, maybe it's time that I also hop on this and. <laughs> Like get in the MCU. And so what was what's cute is that he whether he was kind of already in talks to do this film or not, he ends up calling up Catherine Newton and saying, um get are you <laughs> are you no, he ends up calling her and saying, Are because I think I think, you know, at this point he's already got a role or he's got an offer, he's got an in. I mean, he's Bill freaking Murray. But he calls Catherine Newton and says, "Are you, would it be okay with you if I take this role? Because I think it, there was this, you know, that, that Cassie was very excited about 
about this. Uh, Catherine Newton was very excited about this, and he didn't, he didn't want, want to be the guy that was like, "Oh, guess what? I'm in it now too," right? And just kind of have that I stole like, the screen on you, take away I, I, her, I, uh, yeah. I Jack Sparrowed you. <laughs> yeah. So I I thought that was very commendable and nice and you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, man, this movie. I just I was so. I was pumped for the movie because it was Ant-Man and I was excited, but I was pumped for answers. I was pumped for, oh, okay, so then the things that now need more answers, Loki, the end of Loki, right? So, in theory, let me pull up, just because I'm going to forget the names of of characters here, so I want to pull up, be able to reference people properly. In Loki, it is suggested that Sylvie, which is like yep. the female version of of Loki, that Sylvie does that thing, and as a result of her doing that thing, it creates the multiverse. Right. That the, the, now there's, you know, the, the action that she, the choice that she makes causes everything to branch and creates a multiverse. Right? Because that's what they're kind of like constantly the time variance society or whatever they are are constantly yeah, they're they're basically branches. fighting the multiverse fighting the you know they're trying to prevent there from being it yeah and so the actions that she makes creates this multiverse well but but there's always been these all these variations of kang like i mean this kang's been trapped in the quantum realm for 30 freaking years now. So, so there was a multiverse before she ever did that. So what the hell did she actually do? Like it's, it's become there. What the MCU has done with the multiverse and the timeline stuff with the, with the Loki series has become so convoluted and so difficult to, even for people like you and me, even for people like you and me who are used to this kind of like sci-fi, comic book, complex storyline, Terminator nonsense. This is difficult to follow. This is hard to make sense of. And that's a huge issue. If you and I are struggling, then the 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 person the people who are paying your box office your average going movie ticket buying popcorn loving fans they're not going to get it because you've presented yeah. it in a way that it's not making any sense and i hope i can only hope that something's coming that is going to make sense of this all and pull it all into focus it's kind of like um, it's it's almost messier than dealing with time uh, time jumping shenanigans like Terminator's got a problem doing. Yep. Right. Like at least like with Terminator, you know, people keep coming back. Uh, Terminators keep coming back. All this stuff keeps happening. You know, and you create all these. Um, Oh shoot! Just slipped my mind. What do you call them? Plot holes. You create all these plot holes. Yeah. Right. Like, well, if we stop the ter- first Terminator, 
then then why are they sending back more? Shouldn't we have won the war if that's what John Connor if John Connor helps humanity defeat the machines in the future, then why are the machines still coming back? Kind of thing, right? Yeah. It creates this this these weird plot hole loops um, that just kind of spiral. Well, th- th- yeah, like this idea of a quantum realm and then multiple kings and like all this stuff is it's almost m- more confusing than even than than having these plot holes. Because not only is it a, are you creating more plot holes, you're creating all kinds of confusion on top of that this is why back to the future is perfect (laughs) because they they were like okay let's set out it like a terminator and and it feels like i mean i thought that the mcu had a when they did endgame it was it was a a more complicated version of time travel to wrap our heads around than something like say back to the future but it seemed like the MCU, it seemed like they'd done their due diligence. They'd done their work and had created their own set of time travel rules, right? Yeah. They'd well, made in, it in, make in, sense. In, in Endgame, yeah. They'd made it make sense that it wasn't, it wasn't like Back to the Future, but that it was, it was like, they even said, like, I think Scott Lang goes, Back to the Future's a lie? <laughs> like at one yeah. point when time travel is explained to him that it is, but, yeah. and then even that was like kind of multiverse branching timelines that are destructive and all this stuff. Yeah. Even yeah. that was kind of multiverse. Right. And so how does that multiverse, how does the multiverseiness of time travel, which I guess is very similar <laughs> to the multiverse time travel that we get in Loki, how does that all tie into and coexist in a way that doesn't contradict the multiverseness that we now have in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, that we have in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, that we have in Spider-Man No Way Home? How do these yeah. make sense together? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe, yeah, like my only, my only thought on like, like not even a thought my only hope is that because this this movie ties directly into loki season two and loki season two will have multiple hours to try and fix or explain a lot of this nonsense because it it very much deals with quantum uh, uh not quantum multiple realities and timelines both yeah deals with both of those things that that it that it explains things and sets the course much better than Ant-Man did. But it's still <laughs> I mean and I, of like obviously we're going to watch Loki season 2, but it's just it that's that's broken. I'm sorry Kevin yeah, you Feige. Shouldn't, no, it's it's that is that is bad writing. If you need You shouldn't have to rely on a future film or a future uh story to make your current story make make sense and and have stakes and yeah tie yeah to tie up your loose ends yeah right like yeah if well i mean not not necessarily tie up your loose ends you're always gonna have loose ends in a film even if it's got a happy ending right because it's like oh the you know hero our heroes save the day oh do 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 they find love do they you know like yeah (laughs) 
like, but like there's always going to be loose ends, but it shouldn't be, be uh, fixing that's not, major I guess that's plot not the holes. point I'm really making. Yeah. <laughs> it's about those kind of loose ends. It's other loose ends that important high stakes, loose ends, loose ends that create major plot holes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and, and like I was saying, it's, 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 a, it's a commentary on what's happened to the MCU in, in general that now like you shouldn't have to, in order to go to the theater and sit down and watch a movie, in order to understand Ant-Man 3, I can I I can be in a position where I'm benefit where I'm getting more out of Ant-Man 3 because I've seen these other MCU shows. But I should be able to sit down and watch Ant-Man 3, and the only films that I should really have to have seen in order to be relatively able to enjoy it is Ant-Man 1 and Ant-Man 2 because that's the Ant-Man franchise. Yeah. I should you if you're if you're doing your movies and your TV shows in a way that I can't watch Ant-Man 3 because I haven't seen Moon Knight or I can't watch Ant-Man 3 because I haven't seen Hawkeye then you're doing storytelling wrong <laughs> then, yeah. then then you're making I, I movies think, wrong i think for the most part this does that fairly decently in 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 its because in its first 10 15 minutes when scott is walking around and uh monologuing uh, as he's walking around doing these things, right? He's explaining how, you know, he saved the world. He's done all these things. He, he, he sets the stage for like, this is what's happened and this is where I am now. So right. he, he kind of explains all those stuff. So you don't have to go back and watch them. Give us a recap. Which is nice. Recap. Yeah. So speaking um, of recaps, where the hell is Michael Pena's Lewis? Um, who? The character Lewis from the first two, his like Mexican friend that does those like oh. rapid fight, like the life and joy of the Ant Man movies, right? Which is Lewis yeah, giving his like, like who, who goes over the plan yeah. or what? Okay, what so happened. let me tell you what happened, right? And then this happened, and then that happens, <laughs> yeah. and then I was talking to this guy, right. and he was like, "Where the hell? Why? Why? Why would you not yeah. include Lewis if you can? If you can give us." a five second, no audio or no dialogue spoken Jimmy Woo, FBI agent Woo cameo at the start of this film, then where the hell is Lewis? Lewis is like, he's he's part of the livelihood of the Ant-Man franchise. It's frustrating, man. Yeah. We do get um, his other buddy though. Who? Uh, is the, um, what is he? Uh, he, he's in the first two as one of the heist guys. He's the tech guy. Oh, was he, he in this? He voices, he's the one that voices, uh, Vol. Oh, well that's not Slime. us getting, that's just an actor getting <laughs> voice work. That's not us getting that character. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. It's a, it's <laughs> a massive stretch. It's a massive stretch, but he's there. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Are there any, like, what else does, like, uh, 
Do you have anything else that you want to touch on in terms of <clears throat> I don't know. this movie uh, and what you experienced, what you didn't experience, what you were hoping for, what you ended I up just, getting? I don't know. I think my my biggest beef with this movie really was Modoc. I think. Yeah. I could I could just keep harping on that all day about how they screwed it up horribly and they realize like it really feels like they they knew they screwed it up. So instead of making him a, a sinister antagonist, they just made him a goofy comic relief. And yeah, mm-hmm. just every part of Modoc in this film, like he, he even comes in, like his introduction feels like Mo, how Modoc should feel. And then the face lit mask comes up and you're like, oh, okay, this this is who we're dealing with. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, jarring. Yeah. Oh, it's just bad. What um uh, what did you think? We kind of sort of well, we'll touch on it a little bit more too, but what were what were your thoughts on um on the post credit scenes? <laughs> Um, so I'm trying to remember that the first, the, the second one was the, the second uh, one's the Loki, Loki one tee up. The first one was the Kang one was the, yeah, the, yeah, the um, Kang's day. Okay, so the, the, yeah. So the Kang one was, yeah, it was, I, I think it, like you were saying, there's no stakes. When the movie ended, it felt like, okay, now we're back to, there are no stakes in the MCU. Kang Dynasty, okay. Or the, 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 the what do they call it again? The something of Kang's, the, um, the quorum of Kang's. The, uh, Kang Dynasty. The multiple of Kang's. No, the, the, the Kang's, the, the, there's, the Council, there's the of, Council Kings. of Kings, which is Council what they're referred to as in the comics. But it, I think yeah. I, I don't think they're going to call them that in the MCU. <laughs> I think that's what the Kang dynasty is. That's what they're. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that. That to me adds stakes back. But it also sets up a bunch of weird uh, question, adds more questions and and lo- uh, not loopholes, but. um uh, 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 plot holes and like, like, because, because, uh, the man at the end of time, Kang said the Kang, that Kangs don't get along. Yep. <laughs> and, and now there's a whole bunch of Kangs getting along there's a, there's really a well. Football <laughs> like, stadium of them. Yeah. It, yeah. And that, and they're being led by three other Kangs who, yep. Are are kind of comic book inspired, very comic book inspired in their in in their their character design, uh, which was really which was really cool, like seeing the Pharaoh Kang and uh, Future Kang, and yeah, like those those are pretty cool. So that that was um, I liked that end credit scene, but it was not without its issues, right? Um, and then the Loki one. You know, again, it's kind of same thing. It it uh, it it was it was interesting. I think it sets up the show really well, but it just and maybe this is th- maybe this is what post these post credit scenes are about. Is that it? It you know it 
just generated a bunch more questions like, okay, why are they after this Kang before he's even Kang? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like he's, he's talking about time travel to other scientists who are mocking him because that's ridiculous. Time travel can't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, yeah, I just, oh uh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but not since we're on the topic of, um, post credit scenes, I don't know if it's because black Panther didn't have a proper post credit scene or, or if it's been kind of, we've had that kind of long stretch of COVID not people going to the theater, but like almost the entire theater walked out right at the end of the movie and didn't see any of the post-credit scenes that I, when I went and saw it. Could it be that? Or, I mean, I think that's part of it, but I think it's also, like, how long have we gone? How many times have you sat through 15 minutes of credits to find a total waste of your time of a post-credit scene? <laughs> like... <laughs> something that's just fluff? Which is something I have to commend. Like, this film has two post-credit scenes, and they're both good. They're both, yeah. they're they, both they, yeah. like, they, 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 they're they like trailers or teasers. They get you excited about yeah. something for future forward, if nothing else. Yeah. Or they, they generate more questions to, to be answered. First yeah. thing I do every time an MCU film ends, credits roll, I whip out my phone instantly and I simply Google how many post credit scenes does blank have. And I go, oh, okay, it has two. If I know that, it, or sometimes it says it only has one, and I go okay, and then we leave when the when that mid credit scene plays, and we're like, okay, cool. There's nothing at the end. Time to go. So yeah, I don't know. I you'd think people would know by now, but you know, it's only been twenty years, almost. Of <laughs> yeah, it just seemed really years. odd because it was like me, and I went to see it with friend of the show Tim DeArmond and so me and him and then this like other couple sitting in front of us and we saw it in Hanover but like the theater was pretty much full when we saw it and everybody walked out except for four people yeah that's crazy I was I was a little baffled I was like have we not been watching Marvel movies together for the last 20 plus years yeah, 15 Do people years, not yeah. know how this works yeah yeah, I don't know. Has Black Panther already broken people's habits of sitting <laughs> through credits? <laughs> so what do you think of the second post-credit scene, the one that's that's teeing up Loki season 2? Oh, like I said, I thought it was I thought it was good. It definitely cr- generates a lot of questions and and kind of plot holes that need to be filled and they're in like the 20s or 30s or something. Yeah. And, and yeah, and Loki's being like, Loki says to to Owen Wilson's character, like, yeah, that's the guy. He's he's seriously, honestly, he's trust me, he's bad. <laughs> like, this yeah. guy's a problem. But then I don't know, like, what king is that? Is that the man at the end of the yeah, time? Is that exactly. King the Conqueror? Is that like who the hell is that supposed to be? Exactly. I don't want, I don't want to see an Avengers film where we've got 17 Kangs on screen (laughs) that I'm supposed to try to keep track of. Yeah. I just don't. 
It just like nothing about that excites me. I will like this this Kang uh um role that Jonathan Majors is filling really really shows off his acting chops though. Oh, he's incredible. Like like he th- Kang the Conqueror felt like a completely different character than the man at the end of time. Mm. And all the three Kangs from the council of Kang that we, that, that had speaking roles felt different. Yep. And the stadium, if like you look through it and like all the Kangs are acting different for the most part, they, like yep. there feels, they feel like they're different characters, even though they're the same person. Yeah. And a lot like, of those are just man. CGI. Like, yeah. But I mean, they probably for a bunch of the, the kind of, cl- especially the closer ones, they probably had, Jonathan kind of like doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then just kind of CGIing him doing the th- whatever in there. Apparently he's I remember incredible seeing like, in Creed There was 3. like one like freaking out and there was like one eating something and yeah. 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 Apparently Jonathan Majors steals Creed 3 is what I've heard. <clears throat> so. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's quite the actor. He's quite the actor. All right, sir. Well, on a scale of zero to ten, how would you rank Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? I don't know. Uh, so having not seen it very too too recently. And having a nice visceral discussion about it, I, 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 my gut says five. Okay, out of ten, sort of middle I, of the I road. Can't, I, I feel like I sh- I want to give it more, but at the same time, I feel like giving it more would be be um, je- like it'd be uh, charitable, right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm giving something it doesn't deserve. Yeah. You're giving it right, the like, score you want you want it to have been. Yeah, exactly. Like if it if you cut the 30 minutes that I've been talking about cutting that we've talked about were unnecessary, it I probably would have given it like a seven. If if Kang the Conqueror escaped and was our big bad moving forward, it probably would have got like an eight or a nine. Oh wow! Right, like. Yeah. So those were those like were weighty there was just flaws. Mis- Pardon? Those were weighty flaws for you. Those were flaws that yeah carried yeah. a lot of weight. Yeah, like I feel like this was just a one big misstep after another, mm-hmm. and then like instead of correcting, going back to the drawing board and correcting the misstep, they just kind of lean into it, like what I've been saying about Modoc, right? Like, oh, we yeah. fucked him up. Well, let's just make him funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no I agree cool yeah and uh, I was just gonna say this is the part you? where you asked me <laughs> yeah I, no I was just I was just letting the audience kind of uh, sit with that for a second percolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what would you give this out of 10 I give it a 4.5 I it's very similar to where you are, kind of that like middle of the road, but I I 
I do think for me, a five is, is like a neutral. It's a take it or leave it. I'm not going to say it was bad. I'm not going to say it was good. Yeah. But for me, I, I would say the same. I'm giving it a 4.5 because it's like it, well, I'm not going to say it was good. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it was a disappointment. There was enough things in it that I thought were super problematic. Yeah. That there was, I, yeah. I have to, I have to just sort of teetery tip it towards mm. the negative, negative side of the yeah. scale. So yeah, it's rough. So man. either way for, from both of us, lots of room for improvement. <laughs> oh, so much. And I, like I said, I really, I really need, you know, if I'm sitting here, I enjoyed Black Panther too. But if I'm looking back through the list and I've got things like Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. If, if I remember right, you liked Black Panther 2 a little more than I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, which surprised me because I don't really care about Black Panther 1. Um, yeah. But. I like Black Panther 1 way better. Thor, Love and Thunder was such a disappointment. Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp Quantumania, such a disappointment. Uh, like She-Hulk, such a disappointment. Moon Knight, I enjoyed, but it, it had a lot. I got a lot of issues with it as well. Like, well, it it's another. It's a series that just creates more questions. Questions about the universe as a whole. Just so many questions. Like, and so I really just need Guardians of the Galaxy three and the Marvels. I need the next two MCU films to crush it. <clears throat> to get me yeah. back on board, to make me feel the magic, to ground the story a little bit and make it make sense. Because I'm, uh, like I said, you and I, you and I are poised. We are completely poised and and primed to be able to get on here and say, okay, well, listen. Listen, people who aren't following every little detail, let us explain to you exactly what's happening and why it makes total sense. And we're big nerds and blah, 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 blah. And we are here to tell you today, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, even even to us sweaties, it doesn't make any sense. And it's convoluted and it's messy and it needs... A huge course correction. Huge course correction. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and merch store. All of those links are listed below. Uh, Our socials are a great way to stay in touch with us and also vote on what movie we are going to watch next uh, and what movie we're going to review Patreon is a great way to not only support the show, but also increase your voting power in said votes. And uh, so you can you can tap into our Patreon for as little as a buck a month, and then there's sort of some increased tiers there depending on what kind of perks and kickbacks and whatever else you're after. And our merch store is just a wicked way to support us and uh, to to sport some some wicked merch. Um, follow us, follow us wherever you get your podcasts, whether you're a Spotify person, an iTunes person, a Stitcher, a, like whatever, right? It's like 8 billion of them at this point. And, uh, I'm pretty sure we're on them all. If you find a podcast service that we're not on, please reach out to us and let us know. Um, and we will rectify that so that you can follow us on your podcast app of choice. 
Most importantly, above everything else, we want to know what you thought of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So drop us a line, send us a message on Facebook, hit us up, um, or Twitter, or Instagram, or whatever. Just get in touch with us and let us know. What did you think? Are we totally out to lunch? Does the MCU make perfect sense right now and we just need it explained to us? That I would... <laughs> I'd be very excited to hear that. And I would welcome that message with open arms. I would I would be quite excited. Ah, I think that's it. I think that's everything. Man. It's just so disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah. Well... In, in the uh, in the word in, to to quote this film, Kang says, "You think you could win," and Scott says, "I don't have to win. We both just have to lose." And I feel like I feel everybody like, lost with I this. I feel one. like a loser. Good <laughs> job, Marvel. Lost. I feel like a loser. <laughs> <laughs>